ready to be a boss? Test, survey, troubleshoot, and map Wi-Fi networks with the AirCheck G3 wireless analyzer. Super fast, portable, rugged, and for any skill level. Ready to add some cool to your kit? Check us out at netally.com forward slash aircheck. Uncle Marv here with another episode of the IT Business Podcast, the show where we talk tech to tech, owner to owner, trying to help everybody run their business better, smarter, and faster. This is the Wednesday live show. If you are here watching this, you are seeing us either on LinkedIn, YouTube, or the Facebook. If you are listening through the replay, try to come out and join us. Wednesday nights at 8 p.m., most weeks, we are here. Otherwise, you will find shows all over the place at itbusinesspodcast.com. You'll see the audio shows like we have done so many of over the last month and a half. And, of course, you'll be notified if you subscribe to any of the services, whether they're audio or on the three social media platforms. So thank you very much. I want to start off the show by saying thank you to everybody that has, oh, let's just say been overloaded with content. Uh, I've gotten a couple of comments about the fact that, man, there are so many shows I can't keep up. So I want to thank you all for putting up with the extra content. And I should let you know that we are done for a while. It is break time. We are now finished with the ConnectWise Pitch It programs. 26 vendors were profiled for that, all in preparation for the March to Orlando, the IT Nation conference in November, where three of those vendors will be selected and get a chance to pitch and win great, great prizes, the best of which I think is going to be the hand-selected dollar store set of steak knives that I will be presenting to the third place winner. And uh, those steak knives are gonna be fantastic, by the way. Uh, so those shows are over. I also have finished uh, producing all of the live shows from both the PAX 8 event in Denver and the ASCII Live in Tampa. So we are good for a while. Uh, my next trips will not be until TechCon Unplugged in September, uh, the 7th through the 9th in New Jersey. So I know you've heard of that. If you've been listening to the show, head over to techconunplugged.com. Tickets are still available, and I believe they are still doing a discount code uh, through the MSP Unplugged folks, Paco and Rick. So uh, head over there. We'd love to see you there. I understand they've been updating the website with the speakers that they're having, the topics they are having. They are rounding all of that stuff out. So it should be a great event there. So I will see you there. Uh, I have tentative plans to attend the ASCII uh, Edge event, the ASCII Cup, which is the last event that they do uh, in D.C., and I don't have the dates in front of you, but that is a tentative, uh, as well as the IT Nation event, which is in November, as I mentioned, in Orlando. So that is 
going to be rounding out my travels. Um, so we'll hope to see you guys at those events. Uh, let's see here. So I have the title of tonight's show, Shut Up and Listen. So let me at least tell you the premise of that, and we'll get into the topic a little bit later. I have some other stuff I want to cover first, but I spent a little bit of time this morning in a conversation with one of my, I don't know what to call them. They're not a peer group member, but it is somebody that I have been consulting for a combination of things that are both business-related, podcast-related, and we were talking about customer service and about the business and how is it that I have kept some of my customers for so long being in all effect a solo shop when the model right now is to be a MSP with a ton of texts and providing, you know, 24 seven service and doing all of these, these things and having a huge stack. And we talked about that. And what it really boiled down to was the way that I have approached customer service over the years. So I have had in my list of topics to eventually get to a list of best practice for customer service tips. So I went and dusted that off and printed it out and looked at the notes that I had. And I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and start uh, fleshing this out. So I'm going to come up with a list and the shut up and listen is really an answer to one of those items. Basically the list was common mistakes when dealing with customers. And the one that I had at the top was not listening. So my answer on how to fix that is first of all, to shut up and listen. And I'll go into detail about that. So that was a discussion I had this morning and then I actually had over the weekend with another uh, listener. I did a little impromptu uh, tech rally Sunday afternoon. I was actually looking for, oh, some people to just chat with and hang out with. The wife was actually away with the nephew and friends. They were watching Barbie and I did not want to go. So I came down to the office and did some work. I actually set up the server that I had spoken about last week. It was one of those custom servers that I got when I could not order the HP that I wanted. So I did my first setup of a Hyper-V host. And I said, hey, you know what? I wanted some tips on that. I know I mentioned that on the show last week. I did have some people reach out by email, so I appreciated that. But I uh, had put together this impromptu tech rally Sunday. It was just a Zoom meeting, not recorded, not a podcast. And uh, we ended up talking just a little bit about Hyper-V, but then we went into this this whole thing about you know how we handle certain customer situations. So this is also a, a part of that. Uh, so let me at least go back, since I did mention the Hyper-V, the one person in particular I want to say thank you to is Scott from uh, Farmhouse Networking, who sent me a nice email with a list of tips all bullet pointed out on some things that I should consider when building my Hyper-V host for the first time. And to be honest, folks, I know that I had done some research and I probably made it a lot more difficult than it needed to be because once I actually got into installing it, easy peasy. 
um, very similar to the way that I was doing the Synology virtual machines. So a lot of stuff there. Now, where there were more options, obviously, with this server. And one of the things that Scott had mentioned is to make sure that I do the, um, what is it, the dynamic memory when setting up the RAM. So, uh, yep, set up dynamic amounts of virtual RAM for your VM so that they can grow as needed for the workload. So that obviously is not something that's an option on the Synology. You basically set the memory and that's it. It's static, doesn't change. But something I did not know about, and I don't know if this is something that is part of um, the Hyper-V system, because when I went to install it, there was a Gen 1 and a Gen 2 VHDS. Uh, of course, I was always told just do the Gen 2. So I don't know if that was an option only with the Gen 2 or if it was with the Gen 1. I did, I did not notice. But obviously, that was a big deal to have this dynamic RAM that can, you know, only use what's needed but grow when the workload increases. So that was good. Uh, some of the other tips that I want to just at least go over that because I ordered the server and I didn't do all these specifications, one of the recommendations that I got was to to use NVMe drives to actually do the system OS. Uh, I did not do that. I did uh, a set of RAID 1 solid states for the OS, and then I did uh, RAID 1 solid state drives for storage areas that I use for the VMs. And I actually did one spindle per VM, and I've got expansion space. So if I wanted to do more later with the server, I can. But I, I know that a lot of people probably just do one big old solid state array, and then you just run the virtual machines. This is my first time. Uh, the cost of doing this was well within the budget that the client you know, had given me. So I could do this. So I ordered extra solid state drives, and I just split up uh, each virtual machine on its own set of solid state RAID 1 drives. If anybody thinks that that's you know, overkill or has a different opinion, let me know. Uh, but I uh, wanted to say thank you to Scott. Uh, then he also mentioned some other things about the redundant 10G cards, which I do have 10G uh, in those servers. So I will be utilizing the 10G. Uh, with that, I've got an ingenious 10G switch. I think I mentioned that on either the last show or the show before. Um, use MIMO on the VM host with two redundant... Okay. And then he did make a question. Oh, yeah, because I had talked about, I wasn't sure if I was going to do SQL. And he mentioned that he would not advise putting the SQL server inside a VM without testing it first. And the bottom line is, is I did not do that. I had the second server uh, where SQL will be on that physical server just uh, by itself. So there will be nothing else for that second server. Uh, it's a similar type server, 256 gigs of RAM, um, 12 core processor and uh, three sets of solid state spindles, one for the operating system and the program, one for the database, and then one for logs and backups. So that should be just fine for that client there. Mr. Anthony, hello, sir. I see you in the chat. Thank you for popping in and we'll see how long you can hang out with us tonight. 
Um, so I mentioned that the Hyper V, thank you. And do this is great for live TV, but I have lots of notes that I want to make sure I get stuff to. All right, uh, let me go ahead and do this. Let me say thank you to the sponsors, and we will move on with uh, our topic here. So I will bring up the slides. And, of course, the IT Business Podcast is presented by NetAlly, your number one ally when it comes to handheld networking tools. I tell you all the time about how I carry them with me, use them, I would say, almost every day without fail. Uh, used it today. But what I really want to say is I got notification last night that the order for my CyberScope has been placed and will be shipped soon. And I should get it. I believe it is the week of August 7th. So within two weeks, I should have that. I'm obviously, uh, I'll probably show you when I get it, but I probably won't be able to uh, give you any feelings or testing or anything. I'll have to play with it for a few days. So I think what I might end up doing is reaching back out to NetAlly and possibly our good friend Mike Pinacki. And we'll put together a very special show in talking about the CyberScope. So that is, is, uh, is on the docket. So I do have that coming. So thank you to NetAlly for that. Our live show sponsored by Computers Done Right, our good friend John over on the west coast of Florida doing managed services there. Thank you very much for taking care of the live show for us, folks. If you need any work there, you know, in that uh, Naples, Venice area, they can take care of you. However, you don't have to be there. They also can do websites and social media marketing and other stuff remotely as do us all. So head over to computersdoneright.com for that. And our good friend Corey at Instant House Call, if you need a remote support system, if you're just starting out or you're not happy with what you have, Instant House Call can do just about everything you need. They can do tenants. They can do sub-accounts. If you would like for you know, a user to be able to connect to their station. Instant house call is something that you can use there. You can do all of the great features, you know, with unattended access. You can white label it, uh, all of that stuff. Instant house call. And Corey has been gracious and, you know, offered this out. Uh, nothing really special, folks. You go over to instanthousecall.com. You can try it free for 15 days. You don't even have to put in a credit card. So it's not like it's a gotcha in the beginning. So instanthousecall.com and check that out. All right. Uh, Eric hanging out for a while. I have to, <laughs> oh, a hiccup. Yes. Hiccup in a live stream is not fun. Um, multiple recordings, Eric, and good internet service. I myself am Comcastic, so I always have problems. So I feel your pain. So checklist, checklist. Um, oh, I should probably do a shout out to my patrons. I've not done this in a few weeks, but um, we do have a Patreon program, folks. You can head over to itbusinesspodcast.com, click on support the show, and there are levels there on Patreon that you can support. Uh, 
we have a level that I need to do shout outs and that's to Tom, Kyle, Jason, and Clark. I will say this, there is some stuff in the works with Patreon. Uh, We are going to have some additional features added to the Patreon site. We, We could even have a level where you do not have to actually make a donation to be a part of the IT business podcast community on Patreon. So I'm looking at that, seeing what that's going to look like. So you may want to go ahead and head over there and be ready if we uh, do that level of support. No cost to you, but we may have some stuff that we do specific to Patreon over there. So pay attention to that. Uh, so I mentioned that I finished the server. Well, I didn't finish it. So that H, that Hyper-V server. So I did install the the operating system for the VM host, uh, 2022. And it is going to be two 2019 RDS servers. And each server is going to support about 30 people. And... I mentioned the server's got 256 gigs of memory. We're dedicating a minimum of 64 each for the remote servers um, with the dynamic going up to 96 gigs of RAM. Um, And you're wondering why so much RAM on the server 256? Um, Cost wasn't an issue, so I wanted to be able to, you know, go up to 128 um, gigs of RAM on those servers if we had to. Um, I only installed one so far. It was super simple. I have not actually set up any applications or anything. I'm going to do that so I can test it before installing the second server. And I am configuring. Uh, it's a couple of weeks before I have to put it in production at the client site. So I'm going to have a couple of weekends to play with it. And I've got the 10 gig switch here. So I'm going to actually hook that up. I'm going to have the the two virtual machines set up on the different NICs. I want to see how that works with the traffic utilization, making sure that, you know, each VM is working separately on that and uh, should be good. So again, if you have any additional tips, if you're behind on the shows and you're just catching up, um, you've got a couple of weeks, send me your thoughts on running Hyper-V. All right. And said, thank you. And now I mentioned the premise of the shut up and listen and how I had those conversations with the people. Um, It basically came down to somebody asking me, well, how do you keep your clients? And it really came down to, it's not really a matter of just how I keep them. A lot of it is how I got them. Because I know that a lot of us are, We're being trained to always, you know, go in with the presentation, go in with all the answers, show them what they need, show them what our tools can do, and don't give them options. And I'll be honest, when I started out my business, that wasn't the way I operated. I gave options. The options were within the scope of what I could do. And there were things that if I couldn't do it, if it was something that I knew I could figure out, we would get to it. If it was something that I knew I would never do, be honest and open with them. But when I did uh, an interview for the Synology podcast a few months ago, and I 
sorry, I don't have that prepped, so I don't have the, the name of the show and the date and all that. If I find it, I'll put a link in the show notes that you can go and listen to it. One of the things that got asked is, you know, how do I know what it is that my customers want? And the big answer I gave was ask them. If you ask them, they'll tell you. And then the second part of that is listen, which I think is probably one of the hardest things that it is for us to do because we are just simply taught to bang, bang, bang our customers with what they need. You've got to have, you know, our agent. You've got to have antivirus. You've got to have the cybersecurity. you got to, you got to, got to, got to. One of the ways that I have found to not have to do that is to ask them what it is they want, ask them what they need, and show them how your solutions will take care of that. But the biggest part of that is just simply listen. So you ask, okay, well, you know, that sounds all, you know, fluffy and everything. How do you really listen? Well, funny you should ask because I have a couple of thoughts on, you know, how to listen. And it's all based on some stuff that I read. And this may go back to even college days uh, when I was doing my student government and we were talking about, you know, how to, how to listen. And it was more about listening to people who were giving you their viewpoints on an issue when you were debating about what is what is the right thing to do and people have differing thoughts and you can have different thoughts and different opinions as long as you're willing to listen. Um, so basically, here's what I have so far. And again, this is stuff I kind of scribbled together so it's not polished. It's not, you know, it's not TED Talk worthy. But here's the way that I looked at some active listening techniques to improve customer service interactions. Uh, give your full attention. Uh, basically, the big thing is focus completely on the customer and avoid dis dis distractions. So one of my first good customers, and when I say good, um, I really should have said my first big client, which turns out to be the one that I fired in 2017. But in 2000, uh, when I got them, uh, one of the problems that I had with the person that I met with, who was the firm administrator at the time, is that whenever her and I would be talking about stuff, and whether I was giving her a proposal or explaining you know, what it is we're doing, or she was there was always these interruptions and always people coming in and, you know, interjecting themselves. And they always had a way of just letting whoever came in open the door. And it always seemed that there were always more pressing issues than IT. And I tried to impress upon her, listen, when I'm here, there's two things that are happening. One, first of all, you're paying me to be here and you're paying me a lot of money to be here. So I would suspect that the quicker that you and I can finish our conversation, the less money you have to pay me and the better off you'll be. But the second part of that is if you and I can focus for just a little bit and get this done, I can hear exactly what it is you need. You can hear what I propose and we can come to a resolution fast, faster. And I would actually literally make her schedule time in a conference room where we could have no distractions and one of the things that stands out 
for me is there was a time when we were sitting in there and my phone was going berserk. And she's like, aren't you going to answer that? And I said, no, this is time that you and I scheduled and they'll leave a message. That was back when I didn't have anybody answering the phones. So, and she used that as a way to pimp me to the boss, I guess is the best way to describe it. When it came time for us to do stuff, she actually became my champion to the owner and made him realize, look, Marvin is here. He is giving us his attention. He is giving us these answers. We need to do what he says. Now, it wasn't exactly like that, but life became so much easier when she felt that I was listening to her and giving her my attention and that I wasn't going to be distracted uh, by anything to get their stuff done. So that was that was one thing. So give your full attention. Avoid interrupting. Um, that is something that I actually took from an experience I had with a customer who was so adamant on telling me what their problem was at the time. And part of me was like, I don't want to hear all the extra stuff. I don't want to just tell me what's wrong and let me fix it. And the person was like, I need to tell you this. I need you. And once I realized they needed their time to vent and explain their frustration because it actually stemmed back to previous encounters with IT where they did not feel listened to and stuff didn't get resolved. And technicians were taking three, four, five times to fix a problem to only have it break a few minutes later, a few days later, and allowing them to talk through their stuff, at least in that, that particular case, made it to where, okay, I hear what you're saying. I hear what the problem is. Let me ask you if I can do this. And do you think that will, short answer is, I think it did take me two times to fix it, but that person felt a lot better uh, because I did not interrupt them while they were expressing their thoughts. Uh, of course, you know, a lot of the common things that they will always say, you know, paraphrase and summarize, meaning repeat back to them what you heard so that you can clarify. Uh, I do that a lot when it comes to talking with them in the beginning. What is it that you want done? What is it that are your pain points? Okay, I've heard that. Let me get this straight. Let me make sure I understand you have a problem here or you would like for this to happen. Uh, paraphrasing that, ask clarifying questions. You all know what that is. One of the biggest things that I think we do not do very well is show empathy. And I have a big note here. And this goes back to a lot of the other stuff with giving your full attention, uh, not interrupting them, but showing that not only do we have an understanding, but that we are empathetic to their situation, not just to say, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you. Let me fix it. But really saying, you know what? I understand your frustration. I get that too. Explain to them, look, this is a, IT is a frustration that we all have. I get it. I understand when technology doesn't work, we feel stuck. 
the world has changed to where we have to have technology. It's not like the old days. Uh, a lot of our customers just need to, you know, feel like they're being heard, and we need to show them that we understand their frustrations. Um, I have a phrase that I think I yeah I just said that I understand how frustrating that must be, and letting them know that yes, it is frustrating. Um, I have here avoid judgment, and I don't know why I have that because I don't have the full notes. But maybe when I go back and flesh that out and make this TED Talk worthy, uh, I will go back and do that. But i trying to think what I meant by that. Uh, it may have been in the same vein as showing empathy where you don't judge the person for being stupid, you know, because they don't know how to use a particular program or they don't know how to click on the right button or something like that. So I think it had something to do with that. Um, that's kind of what I have squared away so far. Um, but I really wanted to hit home the point with shut up and listen. The first thing we have to do is when we ask them what's the problem or we ask them what do they want us to do to help them with their IT, the hardest thing after that is to just let them talk. Shut up. Get out of the way. Um, there are, well, I have here a list of what happens by not listening. Um, oh, I must have done research because it talks about if you have technicians working under you, um, a lot of times if you're the manager or the owner, you may feel like the only times that you talk to customers is when they're calling back to complain. And we think that listening begins then. Um, we think that, you know, if we can appease them when they're upset, that that's what customer service is. And I, I like to flip that. I don't want customers to get to the point where they call and complain. I want customers to feel like we're taking care of them. There are some customer service practices that when I had technicians, one, I know that this worked because the customers told me, but you know, a lot of the things had to do with you need to be proactive in telling the customer what you're doing through the entire process of fixing their machine. Now, this was back when we would go grab a machine, bring it back, and the customer did not know when the machine was coming back. So simply being able to call the customer and saying, hey, listen, I know we picked up your machine last night. It's 11 o'clock. I just got your machine on the bench. So I'll be able to call you back shortly once I've got, gotten a chance to look at it, see what the problem may be. Calling them in a proactive manner kind of takes that edge off so that they're not calling back going, hey, you've had my computer now. What's going on? When can I get it back? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so that, uh, goes into a part of it and not asking enough questions that goes back into some stuff. So, um, that was it. Nothing super major, but I am going to create this list of customer service best practices. I don't know if that's what I'm going to call it, but, uh, I don't know how many it's going to be because I think I had anywhere from, I think on this 
think I had nine things here, but I think some of these kind of go together. So I'll I'll figure out the number, but I will uh, on future. I don't know if I'm going to do them in a show like this when I don't have a guest, or I may create just a separate audio, and it will be like today, where I'll I'll take one point, I'll tell you my thoughts on it, and give you guys a chance to respond. So if you've you know are watching this now on the video or you're listening to it by audio, whenever that may be, if you have some thoughts or you know, even if you have an example of how you did something and it worked great, um, let me know. But the the first mistake to customer service is not listening. And my response is shut up and listen. After you've asked them, what's the problem? After you've done that first contact meeting with them and you're asking them, what is it that you'd like for us to do for you as an IT company? Shut up and listen. And then when they give you the answer, see if your solutions takes care of their answer and makes them happy. That's it. That's what I've done. Um, I did have to, when I was talking to the person earlier today, they wanted me to go through my top clients and tell them how long they've been clients and to give a little bit of backstory on a couple of them. So I have this list and I just want to go through this. So uh, as of today, uh, my oldest client has been with us 24 years and nine months. And this is an attorney that I got as a referral through a referral. It's a weird roundabout way. But I remember that I got that client because when I went to see them, while I was there on my very first visit, they had an issue with a monitor. And this was you know, 24 years ago. This was, I don't know if it was a 15-inch CRT monitor. So big freaking honking monitors. Some of you kids today may not know what those are. Uh, but one of them had gone out and they said, well, hey, you know, we were told that we would have to wait, I don't know, however long to get it by the, the previous IT person. I said, you know, I have those in my office. I can go get that and be back and have it to you this afternoon. And they said, sure. And I went, got it, hooked it up. Everything was great. They hired me on the spot and um, they just let me know. So last is it last week? So last week, the attorney is considering retiring, although his kid just got accepted to law school. So now he's trying to figure out how he can make it another three to four years. So uh, that is my oldest customer as of today, 24 years, nine months. Uh, of my other main clients, and I didn't go through the whole list, but here's, a, here's an idea. My largest client right now is a firm that I picked up who... The uh, the managing partner at that firm said, oh, well, we're never going to spend more than 2000 a month on IT. And that was back when they had 60 users in two offices. Now they have 155 users across six offices. And they have been my client for 14 years and one month. I have another client here, 16 years, nine months. Uh, client that I just lost because they got bought by a larger company. So I didn't really 
lose them in a sense. They, they were acquired and that larger company has internal IT. That was 19 years. The client that I fired, and I just mentioned this because they uh, asked me, was 18 years at the time. Uh, here's a client that actually is 23 years. And this is a client that technically, if I were to say they've been mine solo, it's been 10 years and nine months. However, this was part of a sub contracting gig that I did for another client where they were somebody that I serviced under that client. And that was for 14 years. And they had asked me if I could service them separate from the company that I was subbing for. And I told them, I said, I, I can't do that unless that company gives your blessing because I, I'm not going to steal a client. And uh, they were gracious and said, you know what, go right ahead. So when you add the two times together, that is 23 years. Uh, I have another client, 17 years, 11 month, uh, real estate company, 18 years, a not-for-profit, 20 years and 10 months. I did not realize I was with them for, for that long. So uh, that is what I attribute the success of my business to is customer service learning to shut up and listen. So that is it. So that's going to do the show for today. Um, I know that somebody made a comment about Florida Man, so let me take just a second here. I'm going to scroll through and see what Florida Man stories have come out in the last 24 to 36 hours and see if anything stands out. I know there have been a bunch of shark things, but... I don't really want to talk about those. Let's see here. Florida man. Oh, let's do this. Florida man arrested after dunking woman's head in vat of tar. Florida man found with cocaine in South Carolina traffic stop. Florida man claims he was forced to drive drunk by a gunman at Applebee's. <laughs> Crashes into retention pond. <laughs> Uh, Florida man arrested after hit and run. Florida man charged after drag racing event on Fort Pitt Bridge. Florida man arrested after spraying woman in face with garden hose. All right, I'm going to figure out which one I think is the best story, and I'll maybe I'll put two links in the show notes for you there. But those are the those are your Florida man highlights. Uh, these are all within the last. Wow. <laughs> The dunking a woman's head into a vat is within the the last two hours. The, let's see, let me go back up here. The cocaine stop in South Carolina, two hours. The forced to drunk, forced to drive drunk by gunmen one day. So um, spraying the woman in the face with a garden hose one day. So there you go, folks. So yeah, this is uh, another day in paradise. So that is your Florida man for today. All right. As I mentioned, we are done with all of the ConnectWise vendor pitches for the summer. I don't know what we're doing when it comes to November, but I'm sure that I'll probably be uh, interviewing the three finalists uh, as part of IT Nation. Next week, uh, I am going to give you a tease. Next week, I have an award-winning author, 
speaker and broadcaster. And we're going to talk something around the effect of how to be calm and grounded no matter what is going on around you. So this is going to be another one of those business talks where it's going to be not about the tech. It's going to be about how do we do business. And uh, so be looking forward to that. That will be next week on the live show. And then we have another, I think we have an MSP coming the week after that. And we're going to be talking tech at some point when I get the NetAlly Cyberscope. So thanks a lot, folks, for stopping by. Be sure to head over to itbusinesspodcast.com. If you don't get this on a regular basis, sign up on one of the podcatchers, sign up on one of the social medias to be noted when we do shows, and check out some of the other stuff we got going. And of course, we'll be back soon with great content. We'll see you soon. And until then, holla. Holla.